Yeah, where's that? I don't remember that part of the song. <laughs> so that's Neil Young uh, of the Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Remember, great, great group, great vocalists. But um, I got to go back. So I was 17 years old when I graduated from high school, and this was our class song. And I think that uh, when you're 17, and the, part of the lyrics are, and I'm getting old, it kind of like, like but now fast forward to the year 2020 and I hear that song again and I think, yeah, I'm getting old. <laughs> but, and you, you ever listen to a song and you, you just kind of wonder like what the guy that wrote it, I don't know if Neil Young wrote those words, he sang them, but um, he was, uh, he's on a search and it was really describing what would be a lifelong search to have a heart of gold. And we're going to talk about what that might mean, a heart of gold. Um, but he's searching, he's searching, he's seeking um, all over the world, crossing the ocean, wherever, looking for this heart of gold. Um, and then he said, I'm a miner. Meaning like, you know, you go into a mine, you dig, you're looking for the coal or the gold or whatever you're digging down for. It's like that real, what I would say, intentional uh, desire to have this heart of gold. And the Bible talks a lot about the heart. And it doesn't mean your actual physical heart, but I think it's a great metaphor or maybe uh, illustrates that there's something fundamentally about us as a person, as a man or a woman, that is deeply who we are. And we operate out of that. Just like the heart is central to you staying alive. I mean, you can, you can lose an appendix, right, and stay alive because nobody actually knows what the appendix does. Uh, I heard a comedian uh, recently say, imagine the first time they took it out. We don't know what this does, but let's see what happens if we take it out. You know, <laughs> they lived. So, but your heart is fundamental, right? If it stops beating, you're done. So the heart is what's central to who you are as a person. And we speak out of that and we live out of that and we act out of that. And everything is the heart. So the Bible has a lot to say about the heart. So as we're now pressing into a year that's already five days old and time's going to race by like it always does, what would it mean to be a woman or a man that is daily searching for that heart of gold? What does that even mean? What is that heart of gold? That's not an expression right out of the Bible, but as I said, the Bible talks a lot about the heart. Um, Psalm 90, uh, which we talked about last year. Some of you were probably here a year ago for our New Year's service. I talked about this psalm because Moses... Um, said that basically a man's, uh, the years of a man or woman's life are 80 or 70 or 80 years is if she, he or she has strength. Um, then he says to God, this is a prayer, teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Um, I, I wish that 17-year-old could uh, go back there and peer into the future and see the 64-year-old version and, and to see the journey that I've been on and the good and the bad. Because I've been searching for gold, but sometimes I've found garbage. And I've lived in the garbage, right? But to be searching for gold, and there, that song expressed a longing that is still in me because I'm getting old, but I'm not dead. And as, as long as I'm alive, I want to continue that search. And, and by the way, I want to continue that search with people that want the same thing. We can accept each other unconditionally. We can love each other but we're on a journey to, to keep moving. Right, Ben? Good to see Ben back. Yeah. But to do this together. So um, I was thinking whenever the New Year starts, and Harry's had to endure probably 10 of these New Year's messages for me um, because he's been in Communitas that long. 
But I, I always think about um, how seldom we actually measure time like we do money, because those are two things that you spend, right? And you can spend it well or you can spend it foolishly. If you have unlimited amount of money, it doesn't matter what you do with it, because there's always more, right? Anybody here in that situation, let me know after. I got some ideas how you can spend it, okay? <laughs> okay, then you and I will talk after. But you've been pulling my leg all morning, so I'm not going to listen to you. So let's imagine that before you get too excited, I'm not handing these out. But if I was, they wouldn't go very far because they're all $1 bills. So, so let's say... I was, uh, Chris and I watched a documentary um, film while we were on vacation on the, on the group Kansas, because I love Kansas, and the songwriter, Carrie Livgren, wrote the greatest music, I think, in rock and roll, and he became a follower of Jesus, um, and so just seeing that journey, it was really, uh, it wasn't too much about that part of it, but um, he said when the band first started, and before they became big, they did a lot of these small towns all over Kansas and the Midwest, and their stipend was each band member of the six band members got a dollar a day. This is in the early 70s. I know a dollar is worth more then, but it's not like it's hard to live on a dollar a day. But that's all they had. So imagine how you spend that dollar. Each purchase is like really, really critical because you're going to run out. So if I have $10, you know, for the week is all I have, then I'm not going to go say, you know what, I think I'll get a I think I'll spend three of them on some Pop-Tarts. Oh, now I'm down to seven. Oh, you would? <laughs> I'll, I'll take you to 7-Eleven after. We'll buy, I'll buy you some Pop-Tarts, okay? And then, then you know what? I, that, that was actually uh, made me thirsty, so there's two for a bottle of water. And now I'm looking. I only got five left, and it's, it's only been two hours. <laughs> you know, every single decision, every single decision that you make is critical because eventually – this is what's going to happen. I got nothing. So do you realize that that's exactly how time works? And you're spending it. Right now you're spending an hour here or an hour and a half with us, right? And then you're going to go out in the afternoon, you're going to spend it. And it's not an unlimited amount that you have. And so Moses prayed. He said, teach me, teach us to number our days, really to understand that there, there is a number. It's not infinite. And just like spending money, every decision is important because you don't have unlimited amount. Same thing with time. So the question I ask myself, and I'd love for you to ask yourself today, is what is your intention for 2020 to spend your time? Because you're spending your life. It's the most valuable thing you have is you. And you're spending it. You and I are spending it. And we operate out of the heart. So a heart of gold to me would mean someone that is rooted deeply in the values that our creator gave to us, for how to live. You know, people talk about God being a spoil sport. I, you, you, wouldn't it be great if no one ever stole anything? Have you ever had anything stolen from you? So you kind of wish that they would have, that person would have followed that law, right? Um, you ever been lied to, right? Wouldn't it be great if we didn't lie? Like the, the, the way of life that God gave to us was an expression of his love because he knows this is how community works, where we care for each other, we respect each other, we honor each other. And God, that's the owner's manual. So the heart of gold would be to operate out of that, that center, trusting God, believing in God. Love is the center of who we are and operating out of that. Now, the challenge is that we can't do it consistently. We just can't. I mean, it's only five days. Has anybody, anybody uh, sinned this year yet? 
Now I'm I'm doing pretty I'm doing pretty good. My wife's not doing so well from what I can see. Listen, she she's occasionally she throws me under the bus when she's up here, so I just and now I just sinned. Oh, that was my first sin of the new year. Doggone it. See, I knew it, and I did it in church. I did it in front of the church. How do we get this heart? I love this, I love this verse. This is from Solomon. And he says, above everything else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. So I want you to think for a minute, what does it mean to guard your heart? And, and what I would say is that the way the world works is that it's a constant assault, I would almost say, on our heart. Coming from all kinds of sources. Um, when we were children growing up, there was an assault on our heart to make us think and believe about our, something about ourselves that wasn't true the hurt that was done, the damage. We all have wounded hearts to some degree. And, and you know, when you're operating out of a wounded heart, it's hard to love because you're so, we're so taking care of ourselves. We're, we're living in fear and anxiety, sometimes anger and bitterness. All of that is in there. So how does that heart get healed? Can that heart get healed? Can we really grow from a wounded heart? And then Jesus said this, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil, for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. And he's saying good or bad. So there's an abundance in us. And what is that abundance? And I think the challenge for 2020 for me, and it's kind of been the same every year for a long time. I, I always take the week before New Year's and I try to listen to God and listen to my own heart and, and take inventory of the last year and say, I'm going to spend another year now. I'm going to spend it. How am I going to spend it? I want to get to December 31st, 2020 and be able to stand in front of, or with my friends and my family. It's leap year, so we get an extra day this year. Don't waste it. Take advantage of it, all right? But that, that there was actually progress. My heart will never be pure, but is it pure? It'll never be solid gold, but maybe it gets to 24 karat this year, right? That, and and the, the cool thing is this. As I said, we cannot do this on our own. I want, I want everybody, I want you to understand this. So if God wants you to have a heart of gold, how can he hold you accountable when you can't do it? Right? I've said before, it's like God said, I want you to do the high jump and I'm going to put the bar at 10 feet. And I want you to get a running start and try to jump over it. I hit it with my head. Actually, what am I saying? I can't get it. <laughs> I couldn't even reach it with my hand. Right? So it, it seems like is God just set up a catch-22 and this is a center, central message of Scripture. And actually, Ezekiel prophesied this. Um, he said, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Jeremiah says it too. They both say it. He was Old Testament scholar up here. Was, you know, it's kind of not good to have the band behind you because they do a couple of things. One is they start singing when you don't know they're going to, and then they, they're, they're trying to correct your sermon while you're in the middle of it, right? <laughs> what a great promise. I will give you a new heart. He just didn't say, go get it. He said, I will give you a new heart, and I will remove from you your heart of stone. And what is that heart of stone? It's just the hardness that we can grow over the years. We just get a hardened heart. We, we, we become cynical about everything, untrusting. We've been hurt too many times. We're not going to be taken anymore. 
Um, we're quick to criticize. We're defensive. Um, our ego and pride surfaces. Um, it's funny, you know, the funny thing about pride is that pride really is, uh, we, we lay this over insecurity. The more someone is expressing pride and ego, in, there's insecurity beneath that. So we're fighting for respect. We're fighting to be noticed, fighting to be valued because we don't feel we are. We're insecure. So wouldn't it be a great story if the God who made us saw our hardened, broken hearts and said, you know what? First of all, I want you to know, Craig, that I love you and nothing that you have ever done or will do will make me love you less. No bad behavior, no misbehavior, because you're not earning anything from me because I just love you and I give it to you, just like I do my own children. If I can do that for my children, do I think I'm greater than God? Because my kids would never do anything that I would disown them or fail to love them. And actually, when they misbehave and it brings pain into their life, I just feel pain for them. I'm not angry. That's what God feels. When, when we mess up and we create all the problems, the ones that we create ourselves, he feels empathy for us. And he knows that we can do better. He knows that he can enable us. He can come into our lives in a way daily. Now, here's the thing, and this has been my um, drum I've been beating this last year. Too much of Christianity has made it about that first decision when we say you got saved or you accepted Christ or you became a believer or whatever, and, and really not fleshing out what Jesus actually taught, which is this is a journey with him. It's not a decision. It may start with that, but, you know, I could decide that I want to be um, a really good basketball player, and Ben will tell you uh, on the baseline, I owned him when he never played basketball. Right, Charles? I can make a decision to become a, a, a better basketball player, and then I just sit around and eat potato chips and learn to play the piano. Is he talking about me? And to walk like Charles. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Do you like potato chips? <laughs> oh, he does. I do too. But see, you know, the decision, now you enter into some, a new way of life. When you decide to do something, you change. And what you change is not your heart. You change your pursuit of God. You search. Um, the, David wrote that, that um, if you search for God with all your heart, he'll let you find him. It's not really a hide-and-seek game. It could sound like that. But no relationship happens unless there's a pursuit, right? If you've ever been in love before, if you're in love now, the pursuit is what defines the love, right? You go after him or her. You want to spend time with them. I'm not thinking of Vanessa right now at all. Sorry, Vanessa. That wasn't very nice, was it? No. <laughs> See, now I sin twice in church. It's a pursuit. So there's only one thing that you can really control 100%. You can't even control your behavior. If you have an addiction, you know that. You have impulses you act on without thought, and then you regret it immediately, right? Um, you can try to control your thoughts, but don't they wander into places that you, you wish they didn't, right? You can't control how you feel. You have some control over it, but not complete, because someone does something and the feelings come. But here's the thing you can't control. You can control in 2020 the decision to search. Search for God, seek God, and allow him to change your heart. Not overnight, not in a month, not even in a year. It's incremental, like all growth is. When you lose weight, you don't lose it all in a day. So, you know, that's still the number one New Year's resolution. In America, I look at it every year, it's lose weight. And then it's like stop smoking and then um, give money to Craig. That's the number one resolution <laughs> that people have adopted this year. I, I, 
so so the idea of the abundance, you know, going back to what Jesus said, um, out of the abundance of the heart, um, out of the good treasure of his heart, I can look at every one of you and know because I know God made you and loves you deeply that there is a good treasure in there that, that God is waiting to call out, out from us. It doesn't just happen automatically, but as we are in the pursuit, like a, a really good thing to do this year would be to start every day with a real simple prayer, which is, God, I give my heart to you so that you can change it. And then throughout the day, keep that thought in your mind and look for opportunities to connect with God. It's, you know, there's nothing magical about reading the Bible because there's lots of people that read the Bible and don't look anything like Jesus and what he was describing, and they, they even have mastered it. They're theologians, right? The Bible is just a tool, an instrument to create something else that might happen in our lives because God takes the power of what he's given us in his word and our hearts are renewed, our minds are transformed. It's in all the busyness and noise of the world, it's taking some time to get quiet somewhere and become aware of your breathing and just slow everything down, slow your mind down, slow everything down and just listen for the voice of God. And here's how you know um, if it's the voice of God, by the way, because the thing that will come through loud and clear is you are my beloved. It starts there. If you don't hear that, you can't hear anything else. Because you know what? When you know you're loved, everything changes. You see that even in human relationship to some degree, someone that's in love, they're just crazy stupid, happy and joyful and all of that, right? So what if the creator of the universe could speak to your heart in such a way that seeing everything, he says, you are my beloved. Because even when you're close to someone, we don't really ever see everything. It's hard to be fully present and transparent because there's ugly parts of us we don't want people to see. But God sees all of that because you can't hide it from God. And when he looks at you, when you see, when you, if you can imagine the face of God right now, not my face, the face of God here, and he scans the room, and he's looking at every one of you, and he knows your name. I don't know a lot of your names. I know a lot of faces here. Uh, and what you would see is delight. Delight. Do you ever, uh, do you, like when I saw Ben this morning, because Ben and I have a long, we have a standing friendship that's survived a lot of years. And I think when you saw me see you this morning, I think you saw delight in me, right? So we should do that for each other. Like we should jump up and down. If we haven't seen you in a while, we're happy. Hey, that was pretty good. I got these new shoes. I can really jump. Yeah. Good in them. <laughs> Imagine a God who jumps for joy whose face expresses delight and there's nothing hidden from him. See, that's where the heart begins to be transformed because love transforms. Love really does transform. We, we, we begin to behave differently because we want to. It's a response to love, not rules or duty or responsibilities. It's a response to love. So 2020, all the things that we might hope for this year need to be grounded in the first order of business, which is to guard our hearts. And I, I, I think I, we could do a whole message on that. Maybe I will sometime this year because I love studying stuff because I learn. And I haven't looked at, in, in, at this specifically in a while, but you know, guarding your heart means you're making choices different too. Like maybe what you watch or see or read, pay attention to. I would even say this. 
there are people uh, that you may be associating with who bring your heart down. It's not to reject them, but um, you need to have a community around you that affirms and builds up and encourages and builds up and is willing to speak truth into your life as well. That's why we gather here. We're not supposed to grow in isolation. In fact, if you grow in isolation, you'll fool yourself <laughs> that you're someone different than you really are. Community is what is a mirror that reflects who we are. So when I, when, when I speak out harshly to someone, well, if I was by myself, I would never be speaking harshly <laughs> to someone. But community will show who I am. And that's a good thing. As long as we can reflect the heart of God, which is we love and embrace each other in our brokenness, in our, in our mistakes, in all of that. So keep me searching for a heart of gold because I'm getting old. And, and before you laugh at that, Charles, you're getting old too. In fact, in fact, I just want to, I just want to, in the spirit of honesty and love, I want to say a lot of you are getting old. I can see it. And then we got, then we got some youngsters in here. We got, you, you almost look like children, Hannah. All right, Stephen. Yeah, you're, well, you're in between right now. All right, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to begin a new year together and just to turn our thoughts to how amazing you are how amazing your love is it's incomprehensible really but we thank you for it help us to that become not just a doctrine or a truth or a verse that we memorize but we are able to live in that love to experience it deeply to know that we are your beloved and let this year be a response to that love help us to be men and women who are pilgrims uh, searching far and wide across an ocean wherever it would take us to find that heart of gold. Pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.